Hello, and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes, and I'm your host. And if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories, the journeys of women who have been through a challenging time in their life. And they're here to share their experience, the lessons they've learned, and offer advice for anybody who may be going through something similar in their own life. And today I'm speaking with Sarah Thompson. And Sarah is a coach, body worker, and founder of Ready for Radiance LLC. She has learned the art and science of support, empowerment, and growth through her own journey out of an abusive relationship and into purposeful living. The journey has included extensive training as a coach with highly skilled teachers and profound transformation through bodywork and development as a massage therapist. Sarah primarily works with women who feel stuck in patterns that they know are getting them in the way of shining as bright, standing as tall, and living as powerfully as they know deep down they were meant to. Her work supports integration of your unique picture of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual life to deepen your experience of personal radiance. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So Sarah, why don't you start off with telling us a bit about your journey? So... I think um, my journey definitely started before I was in an abusive relationship and that feels sort of like the climactic lesson, like the awakening. Well, this is the bottom of the barrel that I found myself in was being two years in a relationship that was really painful, really unhealthy and um, characteristically abusive in the sense that the person I was with was using tactics to really hold power over me. That's, that's for people who aren't familiar with abusive relationship dynamics. That's the characteristic that makes one abusive, unhealthy and one, one relationship abusive versus one being just unhealthy is that power dynamic. And what did that look like in your situation? In my situation, it very much looked like, um, you know, emotional, psychological stuff, things that he would say to me um, that really hooked into the psychology that I brought to the relationship was already a sense of being small or unworthy and finding this perfect sort of person to externally say the worst things about myself that I was most afraid to hear, like, um, trying to connect with an example that I feel good about sharing, just like saying things about how disgusting it was to relate personally to me and how, what a challenge it was to even just be in the same room with me, how embarrassing it was to bring me around people that he knew. And, um, you know, just quite very disempowering. Very disempowering, very dehumanizing, very, um, you know, it made me question my own sense of self and my own sense of worth and my own ability to relate to other people, which is already a tender spot coming into the relationship. So it was like, right. And I find that people with that, with those tendencies, they, they tend to be far more aware of your triggers than the average person for some reason. Yeah, magically. Yeah, they know exactly the right buttons to push that are going to, um, 
I guess, to get the results that they they're looking for, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've learned about abusers is, um, or people who cause harm is that they will push as far as they need to push. You know, in my case, it didn't, it didn't, he didn't need to go to physical violence in order to have the control in the situation. Mm-hmm. I never pushed back that far. And there were definitely threats of that verbally, but I didn't care to uh, test. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have sort of a misconception that, you know, an abusive relationship looks X, Y, Z way and that a woman would have bruises or whatever and like that. And it's just not the case. No, it comes in many different forms, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the, um, the psychological trauma is it takes, you know, bruises heal, (laughs) you know, and, and yeah, there's that outward proof of the fact that this is going on where I think that when it's psychological, you can, I guess, function in life without many people knowing what's going on at home. It's easier to hide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah easier to hide and I became very like that was sort of um my greatest strength and my greatest weakness with how functional I was able to be in that situation like to endure what I was enduring and also just this incredible will to still show up in school and to still show up at work and make it seem like everything was fine right So how did you get out of that situation? Well, at one point he was driving me to work and I don't know what triggered that particular argument, but he, he ended up furious with me in the car. He spit on me and he leaned over and opened the door and pushed me out onto the road while the car was still moving. And I was, Fortunately, I wasn't hurt very much, and um, I was just sitting there in the middle of the road. And honestly, at that time, I was just, um, I was so isolated from friends or family. That's part of what being in a relationship like that can do, is just isolate. It isolated me from you know, relationships who were just not understanding what was going on with me. They were like, some people saw what was going on and they just couldn't stomach it, you know? And so people pulled away and I pulled away because I didn't want to continue having difficult conversations with people. Right. To, um, yeah, because obviously if for the people who witnessed it, they would wonder how or why you were still putting up with it. Yeah. It's really hard to understand and be with a person who's making that choice. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it is a challenge though, because I've mm-hmm. I've seen it. And um and you know, you want to offer advice, you wanna, you know, help people to, you know, free themselves from that situation. But I think that unfortunately nothing nothing's gonna happen until that person is ready. You know, and I th- I think that you have to get to that point where you decide that this is something that you don't want to endure anymore and remove yourself from the situation and people can talk through their blue in the face, but until you mm-hmm. find a way out of it, that's the only way it's going to happen and be long lasting. 
right? Yeah, I, I feel a lot of resonance with what you're saying. And also, like, looking back, it was important that people did speak up and say things to me like, hey, this doesn't seem good. And even though I wasn't ready at the time to receive it or agree, as I move forward, I could look back and go, oh, well, this person did give me a warning and that person did get a bad vibe. Yeah. And so I wouldn't discourage people from being honest, you know, even though it might not be the moment that I changed my mind. Right. I think it's about being honest, but not having any expectation of yes, how that's yes, going to be received. Exactly. Like respect. Yeah. But, you know, I have reasons why I'm in that relationship and they might not be healthy, but they're my reasons. Yeah. I think that that's um, the challenging part, part for the person who's on the outside looking in and those situation yeah definitely right because as a friend you want to just pluck that person out of the situation yes but um it's not your your duty or your and, role and right like like you said I need to I needed to feel like I could safely do that and it's yeah. not always something that me or another woman could feel like you know especially if there's kids involved fortunately I didn't have children in the case but like just in the name of domestic violence awareness, you know, like if a, a woman that might not feel safe to get out because getting out might trigger a bigger response of anger, violence, uproar. Right. Yeah. And so safety planning is a huge piece of the puzzles. And what happened for me was I was sitting there in the middle of the road and I didn't know who else to call, but my, um, my boss, my advisor at the time, and um, she was fortunately a really sweet woman. And she was like, well, Sarah, you're going to graduate school. <laughs> it wasn't so much my choice in that, in this particular storyline. It was my choice. I, I chose to be like, okay, I do need to get out. And she was very strong with me. She was like, this is not okay anymore. You're being left on the side of the road, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because then you start to wonder what else he's capable of. Certainly. So you went to graduate school. I did. That was my um, kind of looking good cover-up story that I could tell so that I didn't. Um, I don't think I was ready to come out at that point and say, this is what's going on in my life. I, I You know, for me at the time, I was just having a really difficult relationship and it was still my fault that it wasn't working out. And I was still in that psychology, even as I left the state to go to grad school. So it was helpful for me to have that sort of out. And then it also created a lot of um, confusion and challenge as I moved into grad school and kind of was, I wasn't receiving support to work through what I had just been through. I was just kind of forcing myself through a really challenging graduate school experience at that point. Right. So now you are in a completely new situation going to grad school, but you hadn't dealt with. Not the, yet. Um, with the trauma and it was actually sitting miserable in grad school that I started to explore, like, what else can I possibly do? Obviously, landscape architecture is not it for me. <laughs> And so what can I do? I found coaching and I actually found a group locally to connect with that was 
amazing. And I, I was able to throw myself fully into this world of personal growth and learning to listen to others and hear deeply from others' stories and experiences and, and to start to take stabs at sharing my own story, to start it, to just even inch into the water of what's going on with me. And it took quite some time to, to really unpack and unravel oh, I was in an abusive relationship. Like, that's what's going on here. Right. Yeah, because I find, um, again, from my experiences with friends, is that there's, um, there's almost a shame in being the victim of domestic violence. Oh, yes. Because there's, there's this perception of it only happening to a certain type of woman right? That she must be uneducated. She must be weak. You know what I mean? And so to, to admit that this is happening is almost, I guess, a sign of weakness Yeah. or it's being perceived as a sign of weakness where I think that the more awareness that there is out there, the more we, we realize that it can happen to anyone. Certainly, certainly economic status and education, you know, they're not. Yeah, it no, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't know any boundaries of race, religion, age, or anything like that. It can really happen to anyone. Yes, I mean, I was, I had the fortune of going to a private school every day. I was told you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. You know, I had those things going for me, and still, um, yeah, there I was. Sarah, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from this experience? I would say that, you know, I want to say that a lot of people talk about self-love and I really appreciate a book that, um, I think it was Bell Hooks that wrote a book about love and she broke down love into these different components to make it this less abstract thing. And um, some of the components that she that she pinpointed were like trust and respect. And I think that I learned maybe the hard way to really trust myself because I can look back in those moments when I knew that something was wrong. And I, I did have a voice telling me, hey, this is not okay. This does not feel good. And um, what really exacerbated the abuse for me was to continue to shut that down, to continue to not listen to myself, and to continue to believe a story that there's not help and support for me, that there's not something better for me out there. And so I think the biggest lesson for me was trust, trusting that there is, that that what I'm experiencing is my very solid connection or like a pole star towards where I want to go in my life. And there's no external, there's no external thing that can guide me more powerfully than my own honest experience. Yeah. I think that this concept of trusting our instincts, instincts and our intuition is something that we often disregard, right? That it's, um, 
because we, if you're, especially if you're, you know, a, a logically minded person, right? There's no science behind it. There's nothing like, what is this trusting my gut or listening to my heart kind of thing? And, um, but I feel like in my experience, when I haven't trusted my intuition or my instincts, that's when I found myself not getting the results I wanted. Um, when I dismissed it as, you know, nothing that that voice that that those signs that i'm i'm seeing and hearing aren't anything tangible when i just completely dismiss it that's when yeah things go in a direction that i don't necessarily want them to yeah a disconnected direction yes and so it's been for me just really being able to you know, quiet the internal chatter and really listen and and hear that inner guidance because I know that when I trust in that inner guidance, I'm led in in the right place or where I ought to be. Yes, yes, and, and also it has given me the perspective that wow, like we are so amazingly strong and powerful. Like if I can. If I can come through the place that I was at, like the shut down, fight or flight, constantly person that I was in that very low place to taking every step of the journey that has I've taken to get to where I am now, like, good God, we are, <laughs> we are amazing and amazing growth is so possible, you know, like, I'm just not, I'm just not the same person I am the same person and I've achieved such huge freedom in my own skin compared to where I was before and it's it's exciting right and it reminds me of that um Marianne Williamson 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 oh my goodness I'm having tongue tie today but um where she talks about us being powerful beyond measure right? That I think that we, we forget. And when we're in those difficult times, we can feel so consumed by what's happening that we forget how strong we are. And I think that when we, when we move through those challenging times and we get through to the other side, then that's when we can step back and reflect on what we've been through and be like, okay, so if I could make it through that, then let's see what else is possible as opposed to feeling like life is beating you up. Yes. To really choose to take these experiences that could be interpreted as one hit after the other and really choose to interpret them as, okay, I'm being gifted this lesson now. Yeah. Even, even this. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, it's to, um, it's about patience. Again, I feel like patience should be like the word of the decade or something, because mm. I feel like when we, um, when we're patient with ourselves and when we're patient with the process and we just, you know, stay focused on getting to a better feeling and not expecting it, expecting it to happen overnight, that mm. we, um, we do it more gracefully. Right. Because I think though that, so often we want to feel better right away. We don't want to acknowledge the feelings that we're having because they're not 
nice feelings. <laughs> and so we want to push yeah. them down and, you know, pretend that they don't exist. But I think that we have to acknowledge them, experience them, but find a way to move forward from that. Yes. I was just speaking with a client yesterday about the, the opposite of depression is not necessarily happiness. The opposite of depression is a really rich life that includes anger and sadness and joy and boredom and all of the whole range of human experience. That's richness. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not, um, you know, like it, it asks me, I think, to really take an honest look at what my definition of success is. You know, is it this life of external indicators of wealth or something like travel and I have this and I have that or you know when I really connect with success I think damn I learned how to listen to myself and you you can't put a price tag on that no not at all Sarah what advice would you give to somebody going through Mm. an abusive relationship or just coming out of one I think I would um I would say take Take your time. Take your time to really listen to yourself and what you need, because what you need will be different than what anyone else needs. There is no guide <laughs> to, to coming out of that uh, situation. Trust me, I Googled it. <laughs> um, Nobody's put that one together yet. No, and even if there was, I would I would be highly suspect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um many paths. Yeah, there's many paths and I think it was really hard for me to reach out for support and I would just offer that there is support out there and um ask yourself what it might feel like. What could it feel like for you to receive support? Could you trust that? Um, and I would also say that, you know, from, a, from my body worker perspective, like our nervous system going through trauma, like that's a real physical impact. You know, we don't necessarily see what happens on a neurological level but that triggers our fight or flight reflex and and often that's a pattern of of reacting fearfully to life in situations that maybe there's no need to be afraid but there i am scared it's you know it's ptsd in a sense and to really shift those neurological patterns it does take time and patience and um, just consistent intention and so 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 much compassion you deserve compassion is I think what I would say yeah yeah I would think that compassion is a huge part of it because you have to uh, forgive yourself amen and yeah (laughs) yeah because um, yeah it can be yeah you can feel like you're you put yourself in that position, so you're the one to blame. But I think that, yeah, definitely compassion for yourself and in uh, time for the person who put you through it. Well, certainly, I, I think 
that the conversation about blame can be pretty unproductive and that I can look at that experience and say, that fellow was definitely in the wrong for the, some of the things he did and said, definitely no question in the wrong. And it feels um, important to acknowledge the choices that I had along the way so that I can really learn to choose differently now and to not continue to live in a pattern that creates abusive relationship experiences. And that to me is not about blame. It's about, it's about taking responsibility for my experience. And it's a very, very different thing that I do feel hinges on compassion. And understanding, like, how come I got into that place in the first place? I was desperately looking for love. And I didn't know. I didn't know better. I had ignorance. It's not a shameful thing. It's just, um, I learned math in school. I didn't learn relationship in school. Right. Yeah. No, they don't teach us that, do they? Yeah. It's, um, it's a process, right? And you have to... Um, yeah, take your time with it and know that it will get better and you can become stronger for that experience. Yes. Sarah, any final thoughts, anything else you want to share today? Um, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to tell the story. I know that um, it can be uncomfortable to hear about. It can be uncomfortable to share about and um, it feels it feels good to come out the other end and say, Hey, ain't no shame. You know, like life is, we live in a violent world and the beauty, the beauty of that is getting to choose to sing a song of, of peace and strength and compassion anyway. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your experiences and um, your advice for anybody going through something similar in their own life. And for you listeners out there, if you want to learn more about Sarah and um, what she does and where to find her, you can refer back to the show notes because all that information will be there. And again, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And for the listeners, I will see you next week.